This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. How's it going, people? This is the Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. Friday the 13th. Hope you're having a good Friday the 13th. I'm having a good Friday. I'm still trying this morning thing. So it's Friday morning as I'm recording this instead of late Thursday night. But this time I decided to let the coffee kick in a little bit. I didn't get any responses to my caffeine IV drip idea from last Wednesday. So that, I don't know, that may be kind of a dud business idea. Not to mention the legal issues with it, but... So I just decided, well, okay, the second best thing I could do would be to drink the coffee, let it kind of percolate a little bit in my veins before turning on, you know, the recorder, the microphone. So if I screw this up, then it's just totally me. There's no one to blame but myself. I can't blame the time of the day, the equipment, although I am using some new gear, so I might still be able to blame it on that. But mostly it's just going to be me. So, so yesterday I, uh, I launched my course and it, it still wasn't a full on launch. It was a beta launch is, is how I'm considering. It. It's actually worked out pretty good. You know, I've been really stressed and nervous. I hate letting people down. I, I don't know if you're that way, but I really, really hate not like missing a deadline or not coming through on something that someone was counting on me for. And it's just seriously it is one of the worst things. And I know this sounds totally insane, but it really does. I mean, it's responsible for the vast majority of the stress that I experience because, you know, when I was doing freelance client work for about six years there, you know, there were times I'd be so stressed out because I had, I'd taken on more work than I could handle or I'd underestimated how long or how, how hard something would be, or I'd underestimated how much I should charge. So I'd hit that point where I've still got lots of work left to do, but no more money. And, and I'm stressed because I need to take on more work to get more money to continue paying the bills, but I don't have the time to take on more work because I still have work left to do because I didn't estimate well or charge well, etc. And those situations would be so stressful. I mean, I'm not a guy, you know, I've talked before about depression on the show. It's definitely something that I deal with, but it's never been super serious as in like suicidal or something like that. And I've never been someone to have like suicidal thoughts. And if I ever did think, oh man, I would rather die than deal with this. It was just dramatic overstatement. You know, it was never a serious, well, really, I would rather die. Of course not. You know, but the closest I've ever come to feeling like that is when I'm in that place of stress where I've got so much stuff going on, but 
there isn't any money coming in at the moment. And I, it seems like I have no good choices. And I just hate that place and that feeling. And so it's been a rough couple of months with the course and all the family stuff that's been happening and the podcast and and uh, just trying to make everything work together. A lot of late uh, hours, late nights and early mornings and that kind of thing. But uh, so I, to get back to what I was saying, I'm, I'm glad things kind of worked out this way because I had 130-ish people pre-order the course. Some of those, some of you are listening to this right now. And I want to thank you for that because that gave me the money I needed to actually make the course. But it's worked out actually kind of cool. So I launched it yesterday, but I decided instead of doing like this big, you know, launch as in launch to the public and it's for sale now, I was only going to launch it to the pre-purchasers, the people who pre-ordered the course, let them have access because it's still not quite done. There's still, there's still some polishing that needs to be done. It's still as well as a few videos that I just have not had time to make yet. And I'm going to be getting all of that uploaded and published over the next seven days. But this works out really well, actually, because what I can do is kind of treat this as a beta period. And I've already had a lot of people give me some really great feedback. And if you're in there, if you're part of that group, then uh, please send me the feedback, even if it's negative feedback. Like, I really want to know what you think. And especially if there's any bugs or things aren't working right, definitely let me know about that stuff. But I really want to know what you think because I want to I want to polish this thing up, make it as good as it can be before I actually start selling it. Because, you know, this is a premium deal. You know, this isn't a $99 course or a $50 course or a $20 course or even a $200 course. Like I'm charging $500 for this thing. I think it's worth that, especially given the way this course is going to go. It's not a one and done kind of course. It's not like a book that I just finished and then published and then sell. No, it's 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 going to be an ever-evolving thing. That That's why, you know, I was up all night the night before because I decided last minute to self-host the course instead of use the platform that I was going to use because I found that I really enjoy making these videos and, and doing this kind of online content teaching stuff. And I want to keep doing more of it. So I've decided to make the course more of a uh, membership site, community-focused thing. That doesn't mean that it it's going to go to like a monthly payment uh, model, like a recurring revenue model, because I don't really, I don't know. I struggle with that. You know, I'm just thinking about people out there like me. I wouldn't want to do that. So it's still going to just be a one-time purchase. But once you have access... It's not, it's not like you're getting access to a course and, and that's all it is. Like I'm going to continually be adding new videos and new stuff in there. And there's going to be this whole community component where people can join and meet other people who are either podcasting already or want to podcast. And I just envision, I have this dream where I envision, you know, at some point down the road, this thriving community of people who are helping each other out and people end up launching shows together and starting, you know, podcast related businesses together. Maybe a whole new podcast network comes out of this thing. I don't know. But that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And so it's actually worked out well that I've got this period 
to kind of work with the people who pre-purchased the course and test everything out and and get some feedback on the content. You know, it's it's still as stressful because currently my only source of income is sponsorships from the show. And it's a lot of work to sell sponsorships. Of course, I get into that a lot in the in the course. There's a whole video about making money, a whole module about making money from your show. But selling sponsorships is difficult. It takes a lot of time and it's like selling anything. You know, when I was doing freelance web design work, getting a new client, you know, it, there's a whole cycle to that. You know, you, someone doesn't, you don't just hang out your shingle and say, I'm open for business and people just, you know, flock to the door and sign up. You know, there's a whole cycle to getting a new client. And often that was part of the thing that I did wrong as a freelancer is I didn't stay ahead of that cycle. So when I needed money was when I went out and started looking for new clients. But from the time I start looking for new clients to the time when I actually have some new projects that are signed, contracts are signed, you know, we've done discovery. I know what I need to do. I've quoted them. They've paid a deposit. You know, that's a long interval there sometimes as much as a couple of months. So it was stressful and I don't know how I got off on that whole topic anyway. Oh yeah. Sponsorships. So it's kind of the same with sponsorships. You know, I don't really want to just, I don't honestly, I don't really want to have a bunch of random sponsors on this show. The only people that have sponsored the show so far are people that I reached out to because I love and use their products or services and have loved and used them for years. And they're, companies that I tell people about all the time anyway, and they agreed to sponsor the show. So, you know, honestly, there's only a handful of companies that fall into that category. And I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out of those handful. If of course they decide not to renew and continue on and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, that's currently my only source of income. So hopefully this course will be up and running and out the door um, and actually selling to new people before I run out of sponsorship money, <laughs> but, uh, today I wanted to do, you know, for, if, if this is your first episode of the gently mad, uh, I'm sure you're very confused normally. Well, not normally, but you know, the majority of these episodes are guest based episodes. I do a Monday and Wednesday guest based episode. And then Fridays are solo shows and Fridays are kind of, it's, it's all up for grabs. Who knows what's going to happen on Friday? It might be kind of an audio essay show like today's, or it might be, uh, I might have a guest on uh, a week or two ago. I had my wife on the show to talk to her about what it was like being married to me, <laughs> basically being married to someone who is an entrepreneur and, you know, deals with the, you know, she deals with all the fallout of my stress and crazy work schedule and I just wanted to talk to her about that and, and see what that's like and, and publish that because I've never really heard someone talk about that. So we do things like that on Fridays. And today I wanted to do a, kind of a, an audio essay, if you will. I wanted to read an article that I wrote and it's actually on paper. Hear me flapping the papers, trying to be a real talk show guy here with my papers. But I printed it out so that I could uh, read it a little easier than trying to read it on the screen. But I wrote this after I launched, and it's currently titled, How Not to Launch a Product, 
10 things I wish I had done differently. And even as I say that, I just got done telling you that I'm kind of glad that it worked out the way it did, which is true. But still, there are things I wish I had done differently, things that I think would have made this whole process go a lot smoother. Now, when I say that, I don't think that it could have gone any differently. I really think that I had to go through this experience and do things the way I did them to be able to have hindsight and look back and see how I could have done it better. But I guess I'm hoping that uh, I might be able to save you some trouble. If you haven't made any products yet or you're thinking about making a product and it's your first time, then maybe this will help you a little bit. Actually, before we get into that, I want to say thanks to our sponsors for today. We'll be right back after this short word from them. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. Now, I know why I love Hover, but I'm not going to tell you that yet. I decided to call up Alex, who is the acquisition manager for Hover, which basically means she's kind of in charge of marketing. And I asked her what she thought was the best thing about Hover. What makes Hover different is that we do domains only. We just do domains, and if you want an email for your domain, we can do that too. But we focus on being really, really good at that instead of offering other kinds of service and kind of distracting you on your way to the shopping cart with like hosting or upselling you with this service or that service and kind of add-ons. So I think Hover is different because it really is kind of a, a one-stop shop you just get your domain and get out of there so you can really focus on making that thing that you wanted to make in the first place okay so my favorite thing happens to be alex's favorite thing as well simplicity if you've ever tried to buy a domain name before then you can definitely appreciate a company that's not going to try to upsell you or make it complicated to get done the simple thing you need to get done so you can get back to what you were doing that's hover the easiest and simplest way to buy and manage domains go to hover.com and use the promo code tgm to get 10% off your first order we're also sponsored by harvest harvest is a beautiful app for tracking time creating invoices and generating just about every kind of report you could imagine i've been a customer for at least five years now and i don't think you could pay me to switch away it's an amazing service I called up Elena, whose job title is Harvest Expert. I called her the old-fashioned way with an actual telephone. Can you give me Harvest in 20 words or less? Oh, man. Okay. Um, Let's see. Harvest is easy time tracking, beautiful invoicing, powerful recording. I think that that was... That was, yeah, that worked. That was definitely under 20 words. (laughs) Definitely. So there you have it. Easy time tracking, beautiful invoicing, and powerful reporting. That's why I use them. My invoices look amazing, and they're easy to send out, and I get paid faster. So go to getharvest.com and start tracking time and sending invoices painlessly. The first month is already free, and after that 30-day trial is over, you can use the promo code TGM at checkout and get 50% off your first paying month. As I said, how not to launch a product, 
10 things I wish I had done differently. I was determined not to do it again, but I did anyway. It's 6 a.m. on launch day, and having stayed up all night, I'm still working furiously to finish my online course so I don't disappoint the 132 people who pre-purchased. Why do I keep doing this, I thought. I would like to think I've matured in 15 years, but I've been repeating the same all-nighter-before-a-deadline pattern since college. It worked fine then, when the stakes weren't as high, but now I have a family to support and bills to pay, and every time I pull an all-nighter to meet a deadline, it wreaks havoc on my schedule, not to mention my health. Believe me, it takes a lot longer to recover at 35 than it did at 20. Sure, it's my first product, and I vastly underestimated how much time it would take to make, but you would think I would have learned this lesson by now. It's been 15 years for crying out loud. I've plowed through half a dozen different careers since I was 20. But this whole deadline thing is the common element that connects them all. Procrastination is something I've never been able to shake. But this time, as I look back over the last 90 days, I see a lot of things I wish I had done differently and hope I can do differently the next time. Here are 10 of them. Number one, spend less time planning. What? Surely you mean spend more time planning, Adam. Nope. Planning, for me, is the thing I do to convince myself I'm not procrastinating, that I'm actually getting shit done. I'm great at planning and organizing. But if I'm honest, I only do that to avoid actually doing the work. It's a form of resistance, as Stephen Pressfield would say in his book, The War of Art. It masquerades as progress, but in reality, it's just another thing that keeps me from doing the real work. Which brings me to number two. Work on the work every day. I look at all the hours I've spent during the last 90 days. If I had just forced myself to do the real work of creating every single day, I would have been finished way ahead of deadline. Instead, I let myself get sidetracked and distracted by all the urgent things that pop up instead of doing the important things. Freedom can be a double-edged sword. I like not having a set schedule, but if the work is going to get done, it must be scheduled and given priority. Number three, don't get distracted by what's loudest. Every time I sat down to focus, something would happen. My server would go down, a client would email with an urgent need, I would get stuck on a call, I'd have a fight with my wife, whatever. And before I knew it, the whole day was gone. The truth is, I let this happen. Looking back, there were so many things that seemed huge and loud and out of my control at the time, but could have waited until the work was done. Number four, miniaturize my schedule. Urgent things tended to overrun my schedule because my schedule wasn't small enough. I gave myself way too much room to, quote, be comfortable. It's not enough to say, I'll get the work done on Tuesday. It'll never happen because at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, my mind will tell me there's still more Tuesday left, even when there's not. My schedule needs to be as close to hourly as it can be. It would have been much harder to wrangle out of get the work done on Tuesday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's the kind of schedule I need. Number five, go to bed and get up at the same time every day. This sounds like a preference, right? It's not. If you want to get the work done, it's not. My irregular sleeping patterns were a huge part of why I couldn't make or stick to a tighter schedule. If I'm going to create from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every morning, or whatever the schedule you set is, 
the non-working parts of our lives have to be scheduled as well. I know all the scheduling sounds depressing. We became entrepreneurs because we wanted freedom from the nine to five, right? Well, that's what I told myself for five years and I'm still exactly where I started. That's depressing. Number six, do the hard stuff first. Another way of saying this is start with what you're afraid of. I would fill my time with all sorts of non-critical tasks like planning and emailing, also I could avoid doing the hard work of creating. It was much easier to fiddle with a keynote design than to sit down, write out, and record a video for my course. But that's the only work that mattered. If I could start over, I wouldn't allow myself to do anything until the work was done, until something had been created. Number seven, batch my time. Just like miniaturizing my schedule, I wish I had been more deliberate about how I worked. I would have gotten way more done if I had grouped together similar tasks. For example, I wish I had set aside certain times of the week or day for certain kinds of things. If the time to check and respond to email is 4 p.m. to 5 p.m., then it should stay closed at all other times. Otherwise, I'm constantly pulled away from the work. It sounds crazy, but I must do these sorts of things because my mind doesn't want me to do the work. I have to kind of outwit myself. Number eight, release in smaller and more frequent chunks. This would only have been possible if I had done the hard stuff first. But more than that, it builds momentum and a series of small wins. It's much easier to wrap my brain around getting one video done and out the door than to constantly be thinking about the whole elephant. All I needed to do was focus on the one bite I had to eat that day. But because I didn't do any of the seven previous things, I was constantly overwhelmed by an ever-growing to-do list and a looming deadline. Number nine, be less accessible. I know, I know, everyone talks about turning off social media and what a difference it makes. Ironically, these declarations are often made on social media, but this one really is important. I pride myself on being accessible because I don't want to be that guy that takes two weeks to email back and acts like he's too busy to spare five minutes for me when I know he's not. But I realize now it's not about the five minutes. I let my fear of being perceived a certain way keep me unproductive because I was continually jumping from one conversation to the next. Even at the expense of offending some people, I should have turned off all of it. Twitter, Facebook, I am texting my whole phone. Just like email, social media and interacting with other people should have a certain amount of time allotted to it, but ignored at all other times. Why? Because the work is more important. And one of the easiest ways for me to avoid the work is to waste time on social media, even if I think it's for a good reason. Number 10, get less advice. You may not have an issue with this one, but I do. I love advice. In fact, I could spend a good chunk of every day just talking to people and, quote, getting their input on the work that I'm not doing. <laughs> this masquerades as humility, but it's just another form of resistance. Very few t times that I asked for advice did I actually need it. What I really wanted was permission, but the work will not wait for me to get permission to do it, and I don't need it anyway. I think I do, but that's because I'm afraid of it, and I'm afraid of it because the more I put it off, the bigger and scarier it seems. As tough as it is, sometimes you have to do something the wrong way in order to learn how to do it a better way. Hopefully my experience can save you some trouble 
if I had done these 10 things, I may well have been working at 6 a.m. on launch day, but not from staying up all night. So those are 10 things that I hope I can do differently next time around. Some of them I can implement right now. In fact, almost all of them I can implement right now, which I'm trying to do. And actually, fuck that. I'm not trying to do that. I am doing that. I usually go through my schedule every Sunday and plan out the next week. And this Sunday when I do that, I'm going to implement those things. I'm going to batch certain tasks. I'm going to give certain times to certain types of things that tend to eat up my time and distract me, like email and Twitter and Skype and stuff like that. I'm just a very, as introverted as I am, and as much as I really value my alone time, I love talking to people and I love having conversations and I could do that all day long, but I have to stop doing that or I'm just not going to get any of the work done. And the work really is the most important thing. And I like to think that, no, it's, it's not, you know, people are the most important thing. And I understand that people really are more important than the work. There's different ways of approaching this. I'm not talking about, you know, work being more important than people in a moral sense or, you know, a 30,000 foot view. Obviously, people are the most important thing. I'm still planning to allot time for those things, to interact with people and be on social media and stuff like that. But I just have to give it a specific time and turn it off the rest of the time. Otherwise, I just won't get anything done. So all of this stuff is pretty much, is very influenced by Stephen Pressfield and his book, The War of Art. It's a great book. I encourage you to pick it up. I'll link to it in the show notes and I'll link to the other stuff I've mentioned as well. The show notes for this episode will be avclark.com slash 42. And hopefully you will not be as stubborn as me and be unwilling to learn from someone else's mistakes and force yourself to make the mistakes yourself. (laughs) That's what I always do. Hopefully this will be helpful. And if you're about to create something, if you're about to go down this road of creating a product or writing a book or doing something like that, consider these things. Adapt them to your own use. I know that they would have helped me and I would have gone through a lot less stress. And, and who knows what would be happening right now. I might actually be launching instead of in beta mode and making money. That, that would be worth it, right? All right. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you have a great weekend, a great Friday. Thank you very much for listening to the show and supporting the show. If you like this show, I would love a rating and review on iTunes. Those have kind of slowed down a little bit, which is typical with podcasts after a couple months. But if you're listening and you feel like doing that, or even if you've already done it and you want to go leave a new one, that would that would mean a lot to me. That would that would help me out, help the show uh, get noticed by more people. And you can also support the show financially if you want to by going to avclark.com/support. And thanks to all of you who have already done that. Uh, that really means a lot to me that you would do that. So do those things. Tell your friends about it. If you like the show, that's the other way that more people will find out about it. I really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend and I'll see you next time.
I don't know. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at? 